The ancient Chinese believed that the heart was the center of human cognition, and therefore the heart and the mind are one. Wellness Continuing offers spiritual tools and resources to elevate your heart-mind. At wellnesscontinuing.com, you'll find meditation music with binaural beats, a podcast all about consciousness in the afterlife, blog posts, and a new YouTube series called Dreamtime Wisdom with Catherine Lundin, and much more. Sign up for the Wellness Continuing newsletter and stay updated about new offerings and resources. Visit wellnesscontinuing.com. Wellness Continuing. Elevate your heart-mind. Welcome to Life Continuing, conversations that explore consciousness, healing, and infinite existence. I'm Tanya Berg. In 2016, RJ Spina became permanently paralyzed from the chest down, requiring emergency life-saving surgery. RJ was deathly ill with a rare staph infection that compressed his spinal cord. He was also diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, hypothyroidism, autoimmune disease, autonomic dysreflexia, and suffered from life-threatening complications due to his catastrophic spinal injury. Essentially, his body was destroyed and beyond repair. RJ spent roughly three months in a hospital rehab facility being inundated with antibiotics, drugs, painkillers, and rudimentary physical therapy. He was given zero chance of ever walking again and was told that he would need medications for the rest of his life. But today, he is no longer paralyzed. In fact, within the first 100 days after emergency surgery, he walked unassisted, just as he predicted in the ICU. His diagnosed illnesses and diseases have been resolved, even the mystery lethal infection that months of powerful antibiotics could not cure. Stay right here to listen to RJ's story of this miraculous healing and how you can do this too with the strategy that he codified called the Ascend the Frequencies Healing Technique. RJ, welcome to the show. Welcome to Life Continuing. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. It's such a pleasure to have you on. We'll be discussing metaphysical healing, which is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, but I actually haven't dedicated an entire show to it. So this is really, really exciting. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad I get to be here with you for that. <laughs> Thanks. So, okay, so your book, Supercharged Self-Healing. Now, you wrote it about your own self-healing journey um, because you healed yourself from something that you really shouldn't have been able to. And in your book and what you share, your message is that we can all do the same thing. So, and it just gives me chills just even talking about this right now. So um, let's get right into it. What happened? What was your illness or your condition? And um, what was the process in uh, self-healing? Yeah, okay. So it was, uh, I, I became, uh, I'm doing air quotes, permanently paralyzed uh, April 23rd of 2016. So believe it or not, now it's just over six years ago, which is kind of incredible. Um, so <clears throat> I, was, I was diagnosed with sepsis. So uh, septic shock, I was told I probably would not even live the next 48 hours. And so this, this infection um, had literally gotten into my spine and crushed my spine. And you may have seen it. There's a, a video on the homepage of my website. You can see the MRI on my spine, surgeon's notes, everything is right there. 
Uh, the sepsis, my understanding is that not only did it cause the, the so-called permanent paralysis, but my entire body was completely haywire from, from the infection. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, pancreatitis, thyroiditis, and I suffered also from something called autonomic dysreflexia. So uh, any paraplegic or quadriplegic was probably familiar with that. Autonomic dysreflexia affects your autonomic system to people who have injuries above T6, thoracic 6 within their spine. The, the main focus of my injury was T7 and T8. So autonomic dysreflexia uh, is when your autonomic system which are things that run automatically, hence autonomic, uh, your breathing, your pulse, your heart rate, and your body temperature are literally no longer regulated. So there were times where my body just stopped breathing, my pulse would drop, and it's out of the blue, by the way. It's literally just like all of a sudden it happens. And um, a lot of paraplegics and quadriplegics die of complications. They have an aneurysm, they have a stroke, uh, they slip into a coma. Um, so it's actually quite lethal. So that was one of the things that I had to believe it or not remember. It's almost like an ancient yogic practice to gain control over my heart rate, my breathing, my pulse. So there, so there was a litany, uh, of things that I, uh, had to work with and, and, um, I was able to, I was up, I was up for the task and I was able to overcome it all. And that's the basis of the book. That's, I mean, just hearing that, I, I can't believe that, you know, you're sitting here and, and speaking with me and, and you appear and sound like you're in perfect health. Yeah, yeah. Everything has been um, healed and or resolved. So, and what that means to me. So healing, you know, I'm not paralyzed. Uh, I walk, I jog and, you know, totally normal in that sense. Um, all the other things, I take no medication for anything. And I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which is... That's also supposed to be impossible, but everything we've been told is just not true. But I say that the hypothyroidism, the Hashimoto, the type 1 diabetes, I describe that as they have been resolved. Now, to me, that's different than healing. And the reason why I use the word resolved is because I am constantly aware and uh, vigilant about my day-to-day -day health. So in other words, if I started eating very poorly, in terms of lots of carbohydrates and things like that, I'm, I'm quite sure I would start to need insulin again. But I practice what I call eternal discipline. So I am completely present all the time, and I'm totally aware of how my body is doing and what it is I'm putting into it. Now, with that kind of awareness and discipline, I don't need any med medication for anything. And my blood work is fantastic. And in fact, the last time I had uh, uh, my A1C, which is what people use to, you know, to see if they're diabetic, it was 5.3, which is below even being pre-diabetic, which means there's absolutely no signs of any diabetes, and I don't take insulin, and I was diagnosed as type 1 diabetic. So all this really just illustrates that we all have this ability. The body is built to self-heal and self-regenerate. It's built to do this. Now, I've just remembered the higher consciousness metaphysics of how this works. But the, the truth is the truth that applies to everyone and everyone can do this when they work with themselves properly. So then the big question is how, how do we do this? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
so as you know, Tanya, the, the book lays out, well, when I woke up, I'll give it a little con context. When I woke up from uh, emergency life-saving surgery, I was paralyzed before, I was paralyzed when I woke up. But literally, as soon as I woke up, the, the memory of how self-healing works came just it, literally, it was, it was in my conscious mind. It all came back to me. It was literally like a muscle memory. And when I was a kid, I used to always say, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself. So, and a lot of us feel this way and that we know that we can get better. And that's because many of us have healed ourselves before in other, in other incarnations, in other lifetimes. I just simply came into this incarnation with the, the memory set was there. And I just needed, uh, I needed a, a so-called catastrophe. So I would go within myself to bring out what I already deeply know. And what I deeply know in terms of self-healing and self-realization is that it is a repeatable process. It's a metaphysics. And it, it, it has to do with the deconstruction of the false self or what I call the ego mind identity. When we start to understand that it's the false self that has the illnesses and the problems. And by removing the false self, the illnesses and the problems literally disappear. Because it's the human character that we create that has all these mental machinations and emotional instabilities and identifications with all these things that throws us out of whack. So as the ego mind identity is peeled away like an onion, getting peeled away, the, the subsets of the program of who you think you are, the subsets are our sickness and disease. So the sickness and disease belongs to the character. As you remove the character, the sickness and disease literally just starts to leave your body and your body of energy. So that's the first new uh, understanding or paradigm shift in terms of what's, what's in this book is the deconstruction, what I call of the false self. Now, once we start to do that, we're now working with what we really are, spirit, consciousness, soul, whatever word you want to use. But we're now at the starting line. Okay, the ego mind identity is not dictating what's possible and what's not possible. Just like, oh, RJ, you can't unparalyze yourself. You've lost your mind and you have to take medications the rest of your life because that's the way it is. You're no longer affected by these things and you no longer adhere to these belief systems. So I was totally liberated or totally free or what, what we call authentic self-realization or enlightenment. I was completely clear about everything. So once we get to this starting point where the ego mind identity is not dictating what's possible, what's not possible, we're able to use our higher mind. And our higher mind is essentially the imagination of God, source, creator. And once we start to access these things, all bets are off. And I simply remembered the higher consciousness metaphysics about how to move energy, how to go to the blueprint of which form and function is created in terms of the human body. And I literally did magic because magic is actually metaphysics. So I literally was doing metaphysics or magic, and I was literally putting myself back together at the blueprint level. And there were seven different things that I found myself doing repeatedly over and over and over again. And those seven things are what comprise the Ascend the Frequencies healing technique. And that's what I use to put myself back together. And those are the exact same teachings that I've taught, I don't know how many people at this point, all over the world for them to get better when they couldn't get better, or they've been trying for 10 years or 20 years, they've tried everything. But as soon as they started working with themselves in this way, they were able to uh, make gains and let go of things, let go of sickness and disease that Western medicine, Eastern medicine, every, everything that they tried hadn't worked before. But when you start to work with the truth yourself and your own higher mind, well, we will begin to remember and realize that we can do anything.
So then can everyone heal? Is this actually for everyone? Yeah, the mechanic. So what's inside, so to speak, the mechanics of it is the same, right? So the way that we are, the way that we are put together, the body, mind, spirit complex, if you will, is universal, right? So it's a, it's simply, it's almost like a, as a poor analogy, you think of stereo instructions. These instructions simply lay out what to do to get rid of the false programming that's keeping you sick. And then the exercises and protocols to do that actually increase the efficacy of self-healing through deeper states of meditation. So there's countless studies that have been done that say, that prove that meditation literally changes your DNA. It repairs your cells. So it only stands to reason that deeper, more powerful meditation only greatly increases the efficacy of self-healing by an order of magnitude. So all I've simply remembered is how to bring yourself, bring myself to a deeper state of meditation within a higher frequency state of consciousness, where what you do in those higher frequencies affects your lower frequencies, which includes your physical body. And this may sound so far out there, but it, it's so simple and it's tangible when you start doing these exercises. People have overcome things that they had for 20 years. And they've tried everything. They've gone to every doctor. They've had surgery. They've had this. They've had that. Eastern medicine, Western medicine, you name it. But when they start to work with their own higher mind, the, the power that we have, that all of us have, everyone can put themselves back together. And many of us have before in other lifetimes. And I just simply remembered how to do it. So does this apply to mental health issues as well? Psychological? Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You could even say on a deep, deep level, all disharmony comes from disharmonious thought patterns. Okay. And I talk about that in the book. So we, we often like to play victim to our genetics, right? Oh, it's just my body. It's the genetics. Yes, there's some truth to that, but it's the soul inside that can take command of the body. Okay. Now, my, my body definitely has, is predisposed to certain uh, genetic defects, if you will, right? Now, if I acquiesced and let my ego mind identity take over and the body take over, I would continue to suffer from the genetics. But instead, I have commanded this incarnation. The soul that's inside, known as RJ, is in control of the body-mind complex. And therefore, when we work properly, we can overcome whatever is going on in terms of our genetics or our hereditary traits. It sounds simple, <laughs> the way you're describing it. I mean, listening to you and how you explain everything, I mean, it really does just sound like a very simple process. But I guess it's that attachment to the thoughts and to the beliefs and the ego mind identity, as you call it. It's that attachment that's a real bugaboo for most of us. <laughs> you got it. I mean, you said it. And at the core of self-healing is, is the deconstruction of the false self. The false self is the one that's built upon beliefs, concepts, ideologies, which has nothing to do with the self. Okay. You existed before you ever incarnated. You existed before there was ever beliefs or concepts or ideologies. These things are not you. So one of the ways that I like to say it is that people struggle to think outside the box, the box of what's acceptable. Okay, don't do that. Remove the box, okay? Remove it completely, 
all right? Start to work with pure imagination. Forget about the idea that there's limitations because I promise you, in terms of your higher mind and your imagination, what limitations? What limitations, right? I had every well-meaning, educated, uh, medical professional, the people that genuinely had my best interest at heart, genuinely, right? They told me what I was doing was insane. They're like, don't even bother, Arjun, don't even bother. You're permanently paralyzed. Come on, my friend, you got to get your house retrofitted. You got to start taking these medications. What are you doing? I never listened to them because I knew that I could put myself back together. And because I didn't operate under their paradigm, I had a different understanding. I did different things. I got different results. We have to start to break free of just what you said, the attachments to what we have been told is possible or not possible. Everything is possible. Self-healing and self-realization or, or authentic enlightenment is a repeatable process. It's metaphysics. When we follow it, we get those type of results. So you're right. The only thing that's holding us back is ourselves. What we say to ourselves, oh, that's impossible. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, that's going to be too hard. Oh, I'm not sure. Right? What you think you become. Right? So don't think outside the box. Completely remove the box. Free yourself up and discover how powerful you really are. So then, so it sounds like we need to subscribe or at least have some faith or belief in that, the fact that there's a reincarnation that, 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 you know, life continues, that there's a continuity of our souls. Um, so then given that we subscribe and understand that there's a life plan and we, we choose these incarnations, are we supposed to all heal then? Okay. That's a, by the way, that's a great question. Okay. Now I, I, I have trouble with words like supposed to or should. Right. Okay. So we do have individualized free will and we are the ones that map out our life plan and reincarnation is real. And for anyone who doesn't understand this, experience it yourself through a higher state of consciousness. Don't take my word for it. Do some of the meditations that are in the book. You will leave the confines of your intellect and you will start to experience things that are way beyond human understanding. Okay. So that's, that's number one. Are we supposed to heal? Okay, everyone has the capability to do that. It's just a matter of, of how well we're going to be working with ourselves in terms of the incarnation. And I'll, I'll, I'll give an example. Hopefully, hopefully this is helpful. I, I've, I've worked with lots and lots and lots of people. And what I've discovered when I log into them, and when I say log into them, using my higher consciousness to read their energy fields and, and things like that. So when I would log into people, I noticed a, a long time ago that people sign up for a form of healing. So in other words, I've discovered some people sign up for what I would call slow or very gradual healing. So in other words, they are anticipating in this incarnation that they're going to heal over a long period of time, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it is. And we literally sign up to have that specific experience. Some people sign up to have what I call gradual healing. Maybe that takes a couple of years or something like that. Some people have signed up for what I call fast healing. And I've worked with tons of these people. They get better in like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, stuff that was bothering them for years. But now that they're working properly, all of a sudden they got the fit. I've even worked with people that signed up for spontaneous healing. And that is just what that means. There are um, testimonials on the website if people want to read them. 
there was a young lady. I was in, uh, I believe I was in Hawaii at the time and she was in upstate New York. She needed a heart transplant. She was deathly sick and she had a host of things wrong with her. I never even heard of, but the main thing was my heart's giving out. I told I need a you know heart transplant and her testimony is in there. One healing remotely in five minutes, everything was gone. And it's not a joke. Some, but that's because she signed up for that. I just played the role of the healer. So we are so powerful. We have no idea that we're the one. We actually sign up for the form of healing. Now, I want to add a, just a caveat to that. And I'm sorry I'm rambling so much. I want to no, I, no. I, I, I add a caveat to that. I've also encountered people that have, let's, let's stick with the uh, gradual healing. So people have signed up in their life plan that they're going to get, let's just say cancer. And they're going to struggle with it. They'll get it. They'll, they'll defeat it. It'll come back. They'll defeat it. Like that kind of thing. So on and on and on, kind of this gradual process of getting it, getting better, getting it, getting better. And they signed up to have that experience. Some people work so well with themselves in the incarnation, they exceed their life plan. Okay? We give ourselves that, that space, that room to improvise, if you will. If someone is really diligent in terms of their self-inquiry and how they're working with themselves with this incarnation, they can supersede what it is that they mapped out before they got here. And the opposite also holds true. I have worked with people where I could tell that they signed up for fast healing. They're so out of alignment with themselves. They're not working with themselves properly that they're not experiencing fast healing, even though that's what they signed up for. So the the truth about how things really work is nothing like our human understanding at this point. And what we have to do is follow the steps and protocols within the book to be able to start to access our own higher mind and to understand some of these things. And when we work in the way that's laid out in the book, we are transcending what is current, our current human understanding of sickness and disease, where it comes from, and how to overcome it. Going back to to my initial question, which you answered really beautifully. So should we heal? And we, I know we don't like the word should, but because I'm thinking that some people succumb to their illnesses, their conditions, um, succumb to their addictions. So what is it? What What is missing? What, what are they not understanding? And I, I, I know you probably answered that before. They're attached to their thoughts. But what I'm saying is it's from my understanding, we can choose our incarnation to have these certain experiences. And these are the experiences that bring us the enlightenment for the next life. So we're, we're learning, growing with hardship and with suffering, so to speak. Um, so does that play a part or should, should we or be looking for self-healing? I don't, I don't even know if I'm really asking the question properly, but I think you might, uh, can take from that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I totally get it. It's almost like, aren't we supposed to experience the suffering, which brings us to a higher understanding of ourself? And yeah. Yeah. Okay. The answer is yes and no. So okay. What what an <laughs> what an annoying answer, right? Yes, <laughs> okay. So I'll I'll expand on that. Okay. Um, everything is just an experience. Okay. Now we view everything from a from a very limited or a human perspective. Okay. So we don't typically operate in the way that, that, that you and I are having this conversation, okay? It's a very limited understanding of ourself, the greater reality, how things work. So we have, we have really contracted our consciousness, okay? And that, that's how I say it. 
So we've contracted, we're operating with a very, very narrow bandwidth in terms of what really exists. Okay. Now, now from, from that perspective, we do have to experience, well, I'll use the word suffering. From that experience, we, from that perspective, we do have to experience suffering. That is a way to learn. It is not the way. It's a way. Can we come to, to great understandings through suffering? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll even go as far as to say in this incarnation as RJ, I would not have, from my perspective, I would not have fully uh, awakened into cosmic consciousness if my body didn't get destroyed. I needed that for me to go deeply within myself, right? To bring out what I knew was always in there. As I said, as a little kid, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself. So it was, it was already there. So I needed, we'll say the suffering, even though I did not suffer. We can talk about that. So I, I needed the suffering. I needed my body to be destroyed, right? The levels of pain I felt, please make no mistake about that. They were extraordinary, okay? Paralysis through an infection crushing your spine is a, probably about as painful as it gets. Then, by the way, regenerating all those nerves is about as painful as it gets. It's something I don't talk about too often. It was extraordinarily painful. I, I had to learn how to completely control pain on a level. I was experiencing pain I didn't even know existed. That kind of levels of pain. Okay. So the suffering, to go back to, to your question, to your great question. Suffering is a way to learn. It's not the way. So we don't necessarily have to suffer to learn. And what I'm uh, obsessed with is the evolution of consciousness with the greatest efficacy. Okay, what in the world does that mean, Archie? Okay, so what that, what that means is, is that we can expand and move our consciousness forward and awaken not necessarily through suffering. It's a way to do it. There's no doubt that it's a way to do it. It's not the way to do it. And I want to offer, I want to provide to humanity another way, an absolute another way. And this other way is called transcendent to move past the limitations that we've created due to our lack of own self-awareness and self-realization. So I want to hand to humanity a different way to evolve your consciousness. And that's through transcending the so-called limitations that we experience through suffering. So hence, it's a yes, it's a yes and, and a no. And I, I just wanted to fill that out, if that makes sure. sense. It's, no, it does. It does. I mean, I'm going to have to sit with it a little bit, but, <laughs> but uh, okay. Okay. Well, the bottom line here is that to restore hope and faith in our own path, life paths, here we are having this wonderful conversation with conviction about self-healing. So then let's go to the actual technique. If you can even just give an overview. I mean, we want everyone to read the book because there's so much more detail and structure and technique and, and stories, uh, wonderful examples of how this has been put into action. But um, if you can just give a bit of an overview of that technique. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so as we said before, there are seven main things that comprise the Ascend the Frequencies Healing Technique. The, the first foundation to understand is that we have to detach or disengage from the egoic mind, from the story that we keep telling ourselves. I used to say that I am experiencing temporary paralysis and that I have been diagnosed with diabetes and hypothyroidism. Those words are very important. Notice there is no identity to any of them. 
no attachment and no identity to any of them. It's like you're here and the diagnosis and the words that what's been given to you is here and it's parallel, not merged. That is number one. Yeah. What we just talked about right there is number one. When you see it as you, I have cancer, I have whatever it is, I'm this, I'm that. There is no way to overcome you because you're you. You can't overcome you. So if you see it as you, then it will be you. I knew that it was just body-mind complex. I know that I am spirit, consciousness, sentience, whatever word you want to use. I am tangibly aware of this. So whatever's going on with my body-mind is just something the sentience, the consciousness inside, can correct, can fix, can transcend. When, you get, when something happens to your car, you just fix it or take it to a shop and they fix it. Body-mind, uh, you know, it's a weird analogy, but body-mind is the same thing. It's a vehicle. If there's something wrong with your vehicle, you fix it. Well, there was something greatly wrong with my vehicle, so I fixed it. I was that detached from it. If everyone can start to work in that way, all of a sudden you're going to feel better. Number one, you're literally going to feel better because you're going to get space between what you really are and the body-mind. And it's actually in that space is where we have room to work. So now in terms of room to work, one of the things, I can talk about a couple of the, the steps within the healing technique. For those that are not familiar with the chakra system, uh, the chakras are not visible by the, by the physical eyes, but many, many people are able to see chakras, and I'm certainly not the only one. And they've been written about throughout history for forever. Okay. So the chakras are energy transformers or energy metabolizers that actually give form and function to our physical body. They're literally taking in energy. Okay. Now, if you want to bring real powerful high-frequency energy into you, so you start to heal and repair and feel better. One of the simplest things to do, and I believe it or not, I forget which number step this is in the healing technique, but, it, <laughs> but it's in there, I promise. I think it's number four or five. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So there are seven main chakras. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to go to the crown chakra, which is the highest frequentially speaking chakra that is associated with the, with the human form, with the physical form. So we want to bring our attention to our crown chakra very easy exercise about how to open up your crown chakra. And when you open up your chakra, that's, that's what takes in the energy. Like I said, it's an energy transformer and metabolizer. So when you open up your crown, that's the highest frequency chakra associated with your form. Open it up. And just like a waterfall coming down and hitting you on the top, on the top of the head, imagine, and you can command this high frequency waterfall of energy to come in through your crown chakra and literally flood and infuse your entire body and your body of energy. Now, this is tangible. I would do this hours and hours. Well, I needed to. My, my body was working. So I, I would do this for hours and hours and hours. You can feel this, okay? This is not just some weird guy talking about, do it. You'll feel it. It's tangible. So one of the things in terms of the healing technique, we want to bring high frequency energy to heal and harmonize low frequency disharmony. High frequency energy heals low frequency disharmony. Okay. And that's ask any scientist. They'll tell you about how much more powerful high frequency energy is than is low frequency. So when you start using high frequency energy, you can repair yourself in ways that are beyond our normal comprehension because people don't operate this way. So that that's one thing that we can do that that's in there. 
and again, I can't remember which step number that is, but it's okay. There's, so there's another thing that we can talk about. It's called act, the full activation of your healing intention. Okay. Uh, there are four ways. My understanding is that there are four ways a human being can express itself. Okay. Uh, mentally, verbally, emotionally, and physically. Okay. We have no other, in this frequency that we're experiencing, we have no other way of uh, expressing ourselves. So what we want to do is combine all four of those things. We want to combine the mentalization, the emotionalization, the verbalization, and the physicality. We want to combine those into one thing and unify them because that's when we're at our most powerful. We are expressing ourselves in totality by using those four things. So when you combine those four things and what that looks like tangibly in terms of an example, I'll, I'll, use, I'll use myself, it's easier. I would, I would imagine, that we, when I was paralyzed, I would imagine the vision I gave myself was when I used to snorkel. I used to love to snorkel and I was in peak health and all this kind of stuff, kicking my legs, etc. Okay, so that was the mental image that I had. I saw myself snorkeling, right? Now, that's one, that's mentalization. Now what I would do is I would tangibly remember what that felt like because it's a muscle memory. My body used to do that, obviously, right? So it's a muscle memory. So I would tangibly remember. I would make my cells, I would make my nerves, I would make my muscles remember what that felt like. And there's an emotional quality to that too because there's a feeling to that as well. So I had the mentalization of me snorkeling. I would tangibly remember what that felt like as a muscle memory and emotionally what that felt like. I was making my body remember. Okay. Then I would add the verbalization to that. Now, most people know mantras and affirmations have been around forever because they work. They literally rewire our brain, which then affects our body of energy and then therefore our physical body. They're very effective mantras and affirmations. They, they work. They're great. Okay. From my perspective, commands are even more powerful. Commands are at the highest, then mantras, then affirmations, then prayer. And that's something we can talk about in terms of their efficacy. There's a reason behind that. Okay. So what I would do is I would give myself a command, right? And command is how you do real magic. And real magic is metaphysics. And make no mistake about it, I teach magic, which is metaphysics. Okay. So the command I would give myself in general was something along the lines of, I bring source energy through my body and I heal my spine now. Okay. And I would connect with every word. That, I mean, that's what a command is. Don't just say it like it's your shopping list. Connect with every word. That's, that's where the power is, right? Okay. So we got mentalization. I would see it. I got, I would remember what it feels like tangibly make my muscles, my nerves, my cells. Remember, I would emotionally remember what it felt like. I would command the energy to course through my body. And the last way in which we express ourselves is physicality. So moving the body in some way. Uh, I was a little limited at that point because I was paralyzed from the chest down. But so what I did was I couldn't move my legs, obviously. Um, I would just do a gesture with my hands, something to symbolize. And normally it was just what I would sort of like raise my hands up and make a fist and almost shake them like that. So, I had those four things. I would do them concurrently. I would do them all as one thing. The amount of power that you generate when you do that, because you're taking the, every single way that we can express ourselves, mentally, emotionally, verbally, and physically, and you're harmonizing it, unifying it into one thing, your healing. 
This will remind all of us of our immense power when we start to do this. We can affect massive change. And by the way, the act of the full activation of your healing intention, what we just talked about, is literally how you do magic. That's how you do magic. So that's that's another one. And I'll we'll we'll round up with one more and then I'll shut up. I'm doing a lot of talking, I apologize. So <laughs> Then we'll, then we'll do one more. I'm very passionate about this work. Uh, humanity needs this understanding. They absolutely yes. need this understanding, and that's why I'm here. Please keep okay. talking. Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay. so we'll, we'll look at one more time. So we have, we have the channeling, the intelligent energy through your crown. We have the full activation of your healing intention. Let's, let's, do, um, let's do turn off the program of illness, okay, which I, which I think is a, extraordinarily helpful. They're all helpful. By the way, mastering any one of these steps is very difficult to be sick by just mastering one of them. There's seven. Okay. So one for each chakra, by the way. Okay. So turning off the program of illness. Let me, let me start with, a, with an analogy, right? So there's, a, there's a, a lamp behind me, right? Okay. So a lamp, right, is plugged into the electrical outlet because that, that's the energy source. That's the power source, right? Okay. Our sickness and disease is powered by our ego mind identity, our character, okay? That's what powers our sickness and disease. Sickness and disease comes from the disharmonious thought patterns because whatever conceptualized reality you create for yourself, your body has the tangible experience of that. That's the mind-body connection in one sentence, okay? So the ego mind identity is what feeds your disharmony. Just like the lamp, what feeds the lamp, the, the power source is, the, is the, the outlet. Okay, if you unplug the outlet, Right? You unplug the lamp, you can't turn it on. It's got no power source, right? Okay. If you then turn the little knob and you turn it on off, it also can't turn on. It's on off. There's no power surging through it because you've turned it off. It's unplugged and it's turned off. Let's take it a step further. Cut the electrical cord in half. Cut that cord in half. Now I got news for you. That lamp is never turning on again ever okay do the same thing with the program that you're running of the different illnesses so here's here's what it looks like tangibly i would get myself into a meditative state the book shows you i don't know how many different ways to meditate a lot right okay so you get yourself into a meditative state where you're clear i would simply then imagine a neon sign okay and these neon signs would be lit up and they'd be lit up with whatever uh program of illness that I was running. For myself, there was paralysis, uh, there was hypothyroidism, uh, diabetes, you know, I had a few others, right? So, so the point is, you have, you have the, the neon signs lit up with whatever program of illness that you're, that you're running. Okay, now we're going to unplug it. Okay, just like you unplug the lamp, you're going to sever the power source. So I want you to literally imagine that these illnesses that you're running, the neon signs, unplug them. And you'll see that the lights immediately go out. Okay. You're no longer running that program of illness. Then what I want you to do is I want you to turn it off. Just like you'd flip a light switch off or turn the knob, turn it off. So now it's unplugged and turned off and then cut the cord, cut the cord to the illness that you're running. When you do this completely with total conviction, you, you literally stop the program of illness from running because it has no energy source anymore, which was your ego mind identity. So you simply cut it, 
turn it off and it's complete. It can't run. It has no energy source anymore. So this is one way to what I call turn off the program of illness because illnesses, symptoms are a program. That's what symptoms are. They're repeatable. The same symptoms run out because it's a program. Just like your ego mind identity is a program. Your illness is a subset of that. So light it up, unplug it, turn it off and sever the cord and never run the program of illness again. I love the way you put it in such a simplistic way and it's a perfect analogy. So that's, that's really helpful to, to understand such a complex thing, right? Um, it makes me think though, what about children and animals? That's yeah, fascinating because someone just asked me this. Literally, someone just asked this. Interesting. So, okay. Uh, there's a there's a couple of things there, uh, and I'll, I'll try not to ramble, which is very difficult for me. Okay. So, <laughs> with children, okay. So clearly, in that specific incarnation, there is there hasn't even been a developed ego mind identity, right? They're a kid. They're, okay. So. That doesn't apply. Okay, so but here's what does apply. The soul that is inside that child has signed up to have specific experiences. Now, before we incarnate, we have a very good look at what the body that we're incarnating into. There, there's no surprises. We know exactly the genetics and, and the hereditary traits of the body we're going to incarnate into. So the child that comes in that hasn't even formed its, its human personality yet is simply incarnating into a body that has the genetics of let's just say cancer. We'll just, we'll just call it cancer. Right. Well, the, the kid didn't obviously generate that, you know, it's barely been here. Right. Okay. So number one, it wants, I, I know this sounds bizarre, but we choose this because it's just an experience. Try not to label experiences good or bad because God welcomes all experience. We learn from them all. And so does God. So that child wanted the experience of what it's like to be inside a body that is prone to cancer and to experience cancer. So it has to work with that. Number two, oftentimes we will bring in our body of energy when we're going to come down and I shouldn't say come down, when we're going to incarnate into the lower frequencies of the physical universe, whatever misprogramming that we have within our own body of energy, that gets expressed. Birth de a lot of birth defects come from this. So it, it, it's a misprogramming that that soul has, and that misprogramming expresses itself within its physical form missing limbs or things like that. So sometimes a, a child will bring in within its body of energy some misprogramming that happened from other lifetimes, trauma. It could be a whole bunch of a variety of things. But we come in with a body of energy. That's what beats our heart. And that's what we used to think and, uh, and emote is like that body of energy. So if it's been misprogrammed, possibly to trauma, that will then have to express itself in some form of illness. That could be cancer. It could, I mean, it could be anything, right? So with a, with a child, it's always those two things. It's either that that soul wants to experience it because that's what the genetic genetic entity or physical body already has a predisposition for. So it wants to experience what that's like and or it's bringing in misprogrammed energies, which sort of even prior to the personality in this lifetime, the energies are already misprogrammed. And so it expresses itself in some kind of illness or, or birth defect. So hopefully... That answers that question. In terms of uh, animals getting sick and dying, uh, whatever has a beginning has an end. Okay. And I really feel the key to the evolution of our consciousness is to start to understand what gives birth to beginnings and endings. 
Okay. So we have to have a death experience to transition out of this temporary experience, an incarnation, whether a dog, a cat, a bird, a person, alien, what, whatever. There has to be a beginning and an end. Otherwise, we would stop evolving if we had the same experience that just went on and on and on. Okay. So getting sick, an animal getting sick and dying, it, it just has to have a way to exit. That, that, that's simply it. So just like a human being, you know, that can get run over by a car, can get cancer, can fall off a cliff. Can, these are just ways to end the incarnation. And I say this in this very detached way because from a metaphysical perspective, that's all it is. It's just a way for the incarnation to, to end because it's, it's a temporary experience. It has a beginning and an end. What you really are your soul, your consciousness, your sentience is, is eternal. So even animals have to quote unquote die. Their physical body has to demise. And it could be a variety of ways with animals, right? They could get sick. They could get run over by a car. They could get into a fight with another animal. A hunter could shoot them. It's just ways for us to exit. And then in that sense, it doesn't necessarily relate to disharmonious thought patterns. But nonetheless, there has to be a termination point or an exit exit juncture that the soul that's inside that physical suit of a dog a cat or whatever <clears throat> so it can move on so if that if that makes sense it's simply a way in which that we can uh exit and then reflect upon that experience and then do a little research and development and come back and, and do it again and by the way all of us every human being has seven possible termination points or exit junctures i've heard this yeah yeah and when the, you know mm -hmm. a cat has nine lives right okay it's not quite but close so they're related to the chakras so every soul that's incarnate through its life plan gives itself seven termination points or exit junctures that it can avail itself of when it feels that it's done enough now your ego mind cannot access this stuff clearly and your ego just wants to stay here right so the ego mind is always going to be like, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I want to stay. I want to stay. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. You're not your ego mind. I'm talking about your actual pure consciousness. So the pure consciousness will decide along with your guides and helpers or what people call their guardian angels are going to decide that, you know what, I, I, you know, I feel like I've learned what I needed to learn. I feel like I'm good and I, you know, I'm ready to go home. And so you will then avail yourself of the next exit point, whatever that may be. You might get sick and die and get poisoned or, you know, there's an accident. It, it doesn't matter. It's just a way to go. But we all give ourselves seven different opportunities. Once we feel that we've done enough, we can exit. And animals work in, in the exact same way. If they're evolving and learning on a deep level, they'll continue just like with us. But then at a certain point, the incarnation must end. And I'll add one caveat to that. Uh, tremendously evolved beings. I'll give, I'll give two examples. Paramahansa Yogananda, if people are not familiar with Paramahansa Yogananda, get familiar with Paramahansa Yogananda, a true master, true spiritual master. Paramahansa Yogananda left his body in 1952, I believe. And I believe he was 59 uh, in terms of biological age. He's ancient, but his biological age is 52. Now he died by leaving his body. Okay, he literally told everyone, tomorrow I'm going to leave. I've done my earthly work. He gave a speech, walked, literally walked off stage and left his body. Okay, so he didn't go through a death process. 
he didn't get cancer or heart disease or, you know, or whatever. He didn't need one. Okay. That being is so evolved, it didn't need a death process. It just literally just walked out of its body. Okay. So when we get this evolved, this is what we're able to do. I'll, and I'll give one more example the being known as St. Germain. So St. Germain is also an ascended master. And these beings keep reincarnating, I promise. So St. Germain also, the exact same thing. St. Germain lived a very long time, by the way, well, well over 100. And he did not die through some sort of physical process of getting sick or cancer or whatever. He's just like, you know what, I'm done. It's time to move on. And he literally disappeared. Okay. This is true. This is possible. Okay. These teachings that are in this book work in that way. We're working at the highest levels when we work with our higher mind from an enlightened perspective. And we are all capable of putting ourselves back together when we work with ourselves properly. Um, I have some quotes from the book, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I like this one. Being ill is not a form of punishment, and it's certainly not God's will. It's simply a self-mastery challenge over our body of misprogrammed energy. So that's, you've been mentioning that several times throughout, but it's as simple as that, isn't it? It's just it is. misprogrammed energy. It, it is. And, and uh, we bring a lot of human misperceptions, misunderstandings, and misidentifications to the table when we have a human experience. And that's, it's, it's perfectly understandable, acceptable. It's just not the truth though. So I like, I talk a lot about misqualifying our energy into personhood, which is really our ego mind identity. When we're completely detached and fully present, there's no misprogramming of our energy. And that's really the key. And once we start to work in that way, we can really do anything. And we can transcend illness. We can transcend sickness. And on a certain level, we can transcend the death experience. We're all going to leave the incarnation, myself, everyone, you, me, everybody. Do we have to suffer our way through that? At a certain level of our consciousness and at a certain level of our own evolution, we do not. Just like Paramahansa Yogananda and just like St. Germain and others. We don't have to suffer our way through anything. And that's what we talked about before. Suffering is a way to learn. It's not the way. Some people have very deep religious beliefs. Um, how can this complement or does it contrast some very, you know, deeply embedded religious doctrines? The, the, the metaphysical teachings within this book are available to anyone, whatever their religious affiliation is or not because we're just dealing with metaphysics it's science right it has nothing to do with well this belief that but that's fine keep them all if you like shed them all if you like doesn't really matter we're literally talking about a deeper level of science metaphysics this is the accessing of energies that our five physical senses have no clue about which is what magic is which is what metaphysics is so it doesn't matter Christian, Muslim, Jewish, whatever it is, it's all good. Keep that and just work metaphysically with your energy because you're the one doing this. This is your capability of leading a higher quality of life and understanding yourself better. And you can do that under the umbrella of any religious belief that you like. And then you also mention and um, emphasize that it's not, you're not doing the healing. You're a conduit or a mirror. I liked, uh, I think you had a, a client say, you know, you, what are you doing? And you said, no, no, I'm reflecting you 
through me <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. The truth of the matter is no one heals anybody. Yeah. They don't. Okay. And I'm known as a healer, but I, you know, I make this quite clear. I don't heal anybody. We heal ourselves. The healer is within. I simply provide a pathway for you to reclaim yourself. You do the healing. You can think of it as just clearing out some space in terms of misprogrammed energy, and then you reclaim yourself. You heal yourself. It's more, it's always about greater self-awareness. And I am simply a reflection of your own self-realization or enlightenment. I am simply a reflection of your ultimate potential. I don't really do anything. I'm a permission slip. Me being here and healing myself of this and that and saying all this bizarre stuff is a permission slip for you to do the impossible for yourself. It's a permission slip for you to avail yourself of your own higher mind. I don't really do anything at all. I don't heal anybody. I'm just a permission slip. Some people like it better when the permission slip is some, some person. Fine. Some people get a permission slip from a crystal or from the Bible or from the, from the Quran. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You do it. It's you. Everyone is perfect. Everyone is whole. Everyone is complete. And everyone is divine. And what I'm talking about is our God-given right to realize our full potential. And part of our full potential is the ability to self-heal. But make no mistake, the healer is within. And when you start to work with this book and the teachings, you will discover this. You will realize that you are the healer, that you have always been the healer. It's not your doctor or your chiropractor or, your, or, your, or whatever, whoever it is. It's you. It's always been you. It always will be you. It's forever you. You contain everything. Start to discover the healer within you by using that book. I know why you called it supercharged self-healing because I can feel that supercharge right from you and your passion. And thank you for that because it's powerful. I mean, I'm I'm actually moved to tears hearing you speak because I know it's it's your truth. I, I know it's true. It's truth that you're speaking. I can feel that through <laughs> through the distance that we have between each other. Um, that's so powerful. So thank you so much for sharing this and bringing it out into the open and making it. I've heard a lot of metaphysical teachers speak, um, Buddhist masters. I've heard a lot of these ancient wisdom philosophies, but you just make it so simple. <laughs> you just make it so um, easy to understand. And um, I'm convinced I, I have, I feel like I have permission to heal everything. Oh, that, that's all that matters to me, right? That you are now giving yourself permission to avail yourself of, of your own potential your own divinity, your own, your own perfection. And uh, thank you for those kind words. Uh, if, if it was complicated, I just wouldn't be able to understand it. So I, I keep things very simple because for me, tangibly, the truth is simple. Yeah. It, it very is. If it's complicated, it's kind of just a mental machination. And from my perspective, that's not self-mastery. That's on the way maybe to self-mastery, trying to figure things out. That's, that's fine. I, I just don't work that way. So I work with what is simple and what is tangible and what is true. And so that's why it's so effective. And, and you feel it and everyone feels it because it's genuine and they know it. It's tangible, right? We all know what I'm talking about. I'm just making you remember. That's why you feel it. It's true because it's already in you. And I'm the permission for you to feel it within yourself. I'm the reflection of that within you. 
And you're absolutely right. You now have permission to put yourself back together as you deem fit. I don't care what the problem is. And I mean it. In the very beginning, when people would come to me, by the way, it's RJ, can you, you know, can you help me with this, help me with that? Yeah, of course, sure. And they're like, okay, let me give you, let me get you up to speed on, on you know, my litany of, it's like, well, I don't need to know. They look at me like I'm crazy. Like, you don't want to know what I've been diagnosed? No. What difference does that make? It's not real anyway. It's energy. It's all energy. Our physical body seems solid. It's energy. We're going to move it around. Forget this diagnosis. What difference does that make? What difference does that make? I don't. You don't need to tell me anything. I'm not interested. I see you as you are, perfect, and I'm going to make you remember it. I'm going to make you feel it, and you're going to heal yourself. I don't care about this other stuff. If I would have listened to that other stuff, I would be dead. This incarnation would be over. And if it wasn't over, I'd be paralyzed. And if I wasn't at least paralyzed, I'd be so sick I wouldn't be able to do anything. Forget that stuff. We're immortal. We are divine beings. There, nothing is off the table. Nothing. I'm not interested in what people think is wrong with them. I'm interested in people doing just what you said. I'm going to give myself permission to heal. Now we're talking. Now you have my attention. And now we can do anything. Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, RJ. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Continuing. A special thanks to RJ Spina. For more on RJ and to purchase his book, please visit ascendthefrequencies.com. The advisor to the show is Amanda Capito. The music for this podcast was composed by Richard Farron. I'm your host, Tanya Berg. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow on Instagram at Life Continuing Podcast. And do check out wellnesscontinuing.com for spiritual tools and resources to elevate your heart-mind. And make sure to join me next time, where we'll continue this conversation about life continuing.